0: We are on episode 135 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, Pastor. I was talking to a young man yesterday, and he is all excited. He just found our podcast. Just and found? Where's he been? And he's been re, he's been listening. He's like up to 67. Oh, he's already. Good. He, he said he didn't start uh, at the beginning, but you know he's 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 run done about 67 podcasts. So that's awesome. He says he's catching up. So anyway, it's just great to hear it, and people yeah. find it, and they've heard us talk about it, and then man, they say. This was, he says, it gives me a great attitude all day long. <laughs> That's what he told me. I'm telling you.
1: <laughs> well, look at that, Pops. You give someone a great attitude all day long.
0: Well, you're the one that does oh, most of the talking, man, so I man. think it's you. But anyway, <laughs> so just like that, it, you know, as you listen to the podcast, it, it really is important that you take just a couple minutes, invite someone, uh, even post to Facebook or whatever social media you're on and, you know, text them if you want to text the link or get them on Apple iPod or uh, uh Uh, not Apple iPod, Apple podcast, and just helps stretch our reach. And people really do need to hear what we're talking about. It's important that we connect our faith to our lives. We're trying. well, Pastor, it's been an interesting uh, study in Genesis, and I mean We're that was, with can yeah, you believe that. I know it's it, it's kind of like you've lost a friend. I kind of
1: feel the, like. Well, it's still in your Bible. You can go yeah, back and read yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I know, but it's just this. Uh, we've been going through that for over a year now, or right out of year. I would have
1: to go back and look at the the calendar and see, but it's been a long time. But it's
0: been year ish, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's just been amazing. But I also think that uh, our new series is going to be super exciting. Uh, Ephesians has always been one of my favorite books of the Bible, yeah. And um, I read it and read it and read it and read it. And now we're going to actually do a sermon study through the book of Ephesians,
1: which so. is interesting. I mean, I think you know. So here's the thing about preaching, Trey. Yes, there are there are a couple of books that everybody's interested in. That's mm. true. Genesis or Revelation. That's true. Right? The, I mean, beginning I mean, the beginning and the end. And that's, that just seems to be the way it is, yeah. right? You, you say, I "Man, I'm preaching on Genesis." People are like, "Ah, oh, I want to hear that." And or you say, "I'm preaching on Revelation." Oh, yeah. That, that's, but Ephesians. Okay. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> Really? Man, I would... I mean, I think it's good too, but I mean, I just think, you know, um, there's something about Genesis and Revelation, seriously, that just pique our interest mm-hmm. because they're just so different and so unique and you know, all the great stories we looked at in Genesis. And then you have Revelation that, you know, everybody wants to know about the end and what it's going to be and how it's going to turn out. And so those are books of the Bible that really do pique our interest. And so when we get to the epistles... I think we we want to know what they say, but mm. listen, let's just be honest. It's not full of crazy stories like Genesis is. It is right? not,
0: there's not, not. There's not any stories in Ephesians. Yeah, and there's
1: no crazy images in Ephesians like there are in Revelation. So it's it's a it's a great book of the Bible. But it, you know, it just it 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 is. Um, I, I think for some of us, like man, that's that's just not going to be as riveting as Genesis maybe or whatever the case mm. may be. But I think there's going to be a lot that we can learn from Ephesians, obviously, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I think it's going to be good for you, pops, because we're getting ready to go to the Holy Land. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that too. And just kind of making some connections with the New Testament for the for the first time. This is you know I I
0: just always thought that this was the impossible dream to go. Yeah. And now to be able to go and to see these things that I've heard about and and we were just talking beforehand about just kind of getting prepared for That's what right. I'm about to see. So yeah. yeah. It's going to be exciting. And my son's going with me, that's which right. is uh, right. Ivy from Boston. And so that's going to be neat for him as as well. Well, so. when we're
1: there, we're going to go and visit Caesarea Maritima. Mm. So Caesarea Maritima was where Paul was held in prison before he was transported to Rome. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: See, those are the kind of things that I need yeah. to know.
1: Yeah, so you'll, you'll see that. So you're yeah. going to get to see some of this New Testament history mm. in person, right? So it's going to be really, really cool. Your bag's packed yet?
0: I, I got to buy a bag. My bag. <laughs> I got an old beat up bag that won't make it. But. Don't
1: embarrass me on the trip, pops. Don't take your bag from nineteen forty five. I'm not going to. Okay. I got. I'm going to okay. get one of those
0: fancy four wheel rolling things. Yeah, you really need one of
1: those spinning kind of. There suitcase you go. That rolls off. I mean, that was, seriously. That's we, what I've been told for years. I didn't have one of those. We bought one. A few, we bought a couple of them several years ago. That's a game changer. It makes traveling so much easier.
0: I have been talking to our our resident uh, travel agent. Uh, Morgan, and she has told me kind of which one to get, so that's what I'm looking for.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, anyway, I don't know just, anything about yeah, suitcases, yeah, we'll, we'll, get anyway. you, we'll get you helped out, man. All but right, there, there, there are some there are some tricks to the trade for yeah, sure when you travel, especially when you're traveling internationally. I'll help you, Bob. So I, help know you. You help I know you will. I
0: know you will. But we're
1: gonna, okay. So, so before we dive into what we were going to talk about, just I want to give you some reasons why we're staying Ephesians, sure. And and let me just talk for a minute. I think this might be helpful for some of you about how we go about. Choosing books of the Bible to preach from here at Northwood. Okay, so I think this might be helpful. Just think through. All right, so so if you think about Trey. There's really two kinds of ways you can preach, right? For for most preachers, so you can preach like we do at Northwood. We call call it the expository method of preaching. Mm-hmm. You know all about that, Trey. Right? Oh, yeah. You do it, and you I do it. And we're I've done we're it teaching for years. guys how to do it in the preaching lab. Yep. So that's when you take a book of the Bible, like we do, and you just walk through that book. Mm-hmm. We we took Genesis for the past year. We just walk through chapter by chapter, verse by verse, try to explain the meaning of the text, and then uh, give some application. Okay, this is what it means. Now this is what we do in light of it. That's expository preaching. Mm-hmm. Easy enough, right? Requires a lot of work. Requires a lot of study, a it lot does. of reading, a lot of praying, a lot of just kind of figuring things out so you can communicate it well. Um, I think that's the best way to preach because it exposes us to the entire Word of God over, you know, over the years, right? Mm-hmm. Another way to preach is called topical preaching. Mm-hmm. So topical preaching, you know, and, and it's a, a popular way to preach, and you know, I, I think sometimes it's it's, it's good. It's, it's just not my preferred way. So what topical preaching does is say, okay. Let's think about some topics we need to discuss from the stage, from the pulpit. Uh, my, my, my congregation is struggling with worry or, you know, anxiety or, you know, or marriage or whatever the, the topic is. Just, you know, how to, you know, get along with people at work. Let's let's pick that topic and then let's go to the Bible and find different scriptures mm-hmm. that can help us with that particular topic. And so we'll survey the scriptures during a message. And and in a topical sermon, you might hear, you know, lots of different scriptures right, from right. all over the Bible uh, but but, but the, the, the message isn't focused on one particular passage mm-hmm. necessarily. It's focused on lots of different verses to help you kind of think through, okay, this is what it means to not have worry. The Bible mm-hmm. says this, 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 and this. Don't worry, let's go home. Mm-hmm. Right, And that's not bad. Sometimes that, I think it's good to do a message or two like that. The problem with doing topical messages is that you end up reading into the text mm-hmm. rather than actually understanding the text. Case in point. We were in Genesis chapter, what is it, 39 mm-hmm. um, weeks ago where Joseph is in Potiphar's house. Right. All right. So let's say I'm doing a topical message, right, and I want to preach a sermon on the subject of temptation. Mm. we all... Struggle with temptation. How do we overcome temptation? Well, I could go to James one. James one has something to say about temptation. You could go to um, the Gospels where Jesus is there with with Satan and Satan tempts Jesus.
0: Mm.
1: I could also go to Genesis chapter thirty nine because you know Joseph is in Potiphar's house and there's a temptation to give into you know Potiphar's wife's um, uh, sexual advances, right? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. He runs. He flees. Mm-hmm. He flees. And so I could preach a sermon. And say, okay, look at Joseph. Look at how he flees from temptation you need to do that too. Right. And that's not bad. That That's that's not a bad application. We do need to flee from temptation. In of fact, course. Paul would say in the epistles, flee from sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, maybe Paul, when he said that, maybe he was thinking about Joseph. Right, right. right. But that passage isn't just about fleeing from temptation.
0: Mm-hmm. So much more. Right.
1: Than, so when, yeah. we, when we studied that passage, we looked at what it says right at the beginning and right at the end when Joseph finds himself in prison. When Joseph finds himself in prison and when he finds himself in Potiphar's house, both times, the author Moses says, God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph. And so what Moses is trying to teach us is not that Joseph was good at fleeing temptation. He was. But, but Moses is trying to teach us, right, that in terrible circumstances that Joseph didn't want to be in, mm. God was with him. Yeah, that's right. And because God was with him, and because Joseph knew that God was with him, Joseph could live by faith, have integrity, and make wise choices because he knew that God was with him even in most terrible circumstances. Yeah. makes sense. Right. And so, so if you're just, you know, doing a topical approach, you're going to miss some of that. Yeah. Of you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you're actually studying book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, you're going to, you're going to, you know, see all that and you're going to really get to what the Bible is actually saying instead of what you want it to say or what you think it should say or what the case may be. And that's what we're trying to do in expository sermons. We're trying to expose what the text is actually saying, because when you do that, right, it just brings so much meaning and, and even more helpful and beneficial official application because we're getting to the heart of what the text is actually saying.
0: And I also believe that topical preaching tends to focus on our opinions. Yeah. I mean, just me, you know, when I'm reading uh, I can I can make it say anything I want to. I mean, I'm not even being facetious here, and that's the difference between biblical theology versus systematic theology. Got to be very careful with systematic because anybody can bring in the right verses to make you think something. Yeah. Whereas if you read the biblical theology, you start to understand it more. Same with expository preaching. It's that verse by verse that you see. And you also don't say the same things over and over right, and over right, again. Right, Because right. I'm always going to get back to John 3.16. Yeah. I'm going to say, oh, yeah, this passage is about John 3.16. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and it's not always about John 3.16. Right. So.
1: When, we, when we were in seminary, Trey, remember there were two words that were drilled into our heads, exegesis mm. and eisegesis. Yes, exactly. So exegesis is that, it's a fancy word that simply means to draw out, to draw mm-hmm. out the meaning of the text, right? Eisegesis is the opposite eisegesis is reading meaning into the text. Mm -hmm. And so as, as good Bible students, whether you're a preacher or just studying the Bible on your own every day, you want to do good exegesis. You want to draw out the meaning of the text. And hopefully, when we're walking through books of the Bible like we are, we're, we're helping you to learn how to do that. As right. you, if you as you see it modeled from the stage, or if you're in a small group that's discussing the passage, you're learning how to do good exegesis, how exactly. to actually draw out the meaning. So I want to give you all that before we jump into Ephesians, and now think about why Ephesians. Okay, so I told you we're doing expository messages. So the way that I, that I typically do uh, sermons at Northwood is is I like to go back and forth between Old Testament and New Testament mm-hmm. right? so we just did a very long Old Testament book Genesis if you've been around Northwood for uh, any length of time we, we've, we've done that we've gone back and forth you might remember that we've done yes. Genesis we've done James we've done years ago we did Joshua we did Revelation we did, no we do not done Revelation on Sunday morning well no Revelation two, yeah, we did. Oh, I did Revelation seven, churches, are, yeah, I seven did, churches. That's right, years ago, I did seven churches. of Revelation. Yeah. So, right, anyway, we've been back and forth yeah. between Old Testament, New Testament. Also, tried to do not only back and forth between Old Testament, New Testament, but I tried to do a longer book followed up by a shorter mm-hmm. book. That makes sense, right? So, we did a very long book, Genesis. Now, we're in the New Testament. We're going to do a shorter book, Ephesians. We'll probably do a couple shorter books and then mm-hmm. jump back into a longer book. Um, you know, so the reason why we do that, one, I, I think I have a responsibility as a pastor. That during the time that I have uh, people in my congregation, I want them to have a a thorough knowledge of the Bible, Mm -hmm. right? So I can't spend four years. We could have spent four years in Genesis easily, but but here's reality: what we know about our church, Trey, is we have a lot of people that are here for a couple years and they're gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we have a lot of military Military. families, a lot of students, and so we have a lot of uh, of our congregations that's just in and out, right? Transient Mm -hmm. people because of jobs. Uh, because of, you know, education, because of military, whatever the case may be. And so, you know, if, if I have a college student that's here four years, I want them over the course of their four years at Northwood to have um, to have more than Genesis. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I want them to understand Genesis, which I hope if they've been through the series with us, they have a better understanding of it. But I want them to have an understanding of as much of the Bible as possible in those four years while they're here. So right. I'm going I'm to try to, you know, jump back and forth between Old Testament, New Testament. Try to jump back and forth between the genres of Scripture. Right. So you heard Genesis, a long Old Testament narrative. Now you're going to hear an epistle. I want you to hear, you know, some prophecy while you're here. Right. One of the small prophetic books, maybe, or to hear, mm-hmm. um, you know, some Psalms. Or I want you to hear from the stage every Sunday. Um, you know every you know different books of the Bible, but from different genres as well. So mm-hmm. you can have a good understanding of how the Bible works together, right? And so, so for me, it's important as a pastor to to do that to to give a variety uh, of scripture a variety of books so that if you're here for four or five years and and God moves you elsewhere because of your job or because, you know, whatever, uh, that at Northwood, you've got a, a pretty good diet of the entire Bible, true. right? Yes. Now, four or five years, I can't, we can't teach you the whole Bible, but we can give you a good diet mm-hmm. uh, from both testaments and different genres of scripture, right? So there's that. And then it's just thinking through, okay... Since I've been the pastor for five years, I have a pretty good idea of what's going on in the life of our church. I have a good idea of what's going on in the lives of our people. I have a good idea of, of what, we, what we need to hear from the Lord. Yeah, definitely. Right? And so, so I just think about different books and, and think about, okay— this is a good place for us right now because this is something we're dealing with as a congregation. Mm-hmm. And and that really is the case with Ephesians. And so when I began to think about this year, what would be helpful to, to preach through, the reason why Ephesians came to, to mind as I was praying through, God, what would you have to preach this year is because, the pandemic has been hard on everybody. Oh, huge. And yeah. it's been it's been really hard on families. I mean, mm-hmm. it's been hard on my family. I mean, I think about just the, the switch to virtual schooling for a season and then to get the boys back into school. And then this past year, just, are we going to school or not, right? Mm-hmm. And one day you're home, one day you're not because somebody got sick and you sat next to them or you, you waved at them and they... You got the virus somehow because you waved at him, or whatever the case may be. Right. Just been a lot of uncertainty, and then and then only and also with that, and to see you know some of the things that we enjoy doing as a family get canceled, and, you know. Not being able to play sports or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, and for for others, it's been you know more serious than that. Obviously, for some, there's been financial hardship because you've lost your job, and yeah. that's created more stress in the home. And so, so you think about just marriages have, have struggled some during this time uh, because of that. And not only that, we we all know because we've lived through it. Churches have struggled. Now we've at Northwood, we've kind of been the exception to the rule that that we've been in a season where we've seen God do some really amazing things in the life it of our church amazing. right yeah. and i'm very thankful for that but that hasn't been the story of every church mm-hmm. i mean lots of churches are still struggling to get back to where they were before the pandemic as far as the number of people coming right um, many churches are still only you know 50% of their congregation have come back I know. and and, mm-hmm. and and that percentage of people that are missing likely will not come back and so 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 many churches are pivoting and figuring out okay what do we do now and so it's been hard um And then just, you know, for, for, for a lot of Christians, is, is it safe yet for me to go back to church? Mm -hmm. And, and then for those who've gone back, why don't, why don't we have all the ministries we used to have? Well, you don't have as many people as you used to have, or whatever the case may be. And so, so even within the church, there's just been this, this unsettling. And, and so it's, it's been a challenge. The last couple of years been a challenge for the faith family, Mm -hmm. right? And for the nuclear family. Yeah. And so I know that because I've had conversations and I've done some counseling over the last couple of years. And so I've, I've seen firsthand some of the struggles that families are going through. And I obviously talk to other pastors and, and pray for them and, and know some of the struggles some of our other churches are going through. And so I thought, man, Ephesians would be a great place to camp out because it addresses those things. It, mm-hmm. Ephesians does a great job of showing us. In every circumstance how to live as a faith family Amen. and how to live as a nuclear family Amen. and so we we said this year that one of our our themes was connecting faith to family connecting faith to family and i think ephesians is going to help us with that now there's a lot more going on in ephesians that we'll talk about but it really does help us with this idea of connecting faith to family so that's why we're camping out right here in ephesians and just quickly because we've already talked a lot six reasons why
0: all right six reasons number one we need to know what we believe about God. Big yeah. one here.
1: Yeah. So you think about Genesis, we've been in. Does Genesis teach us theology?
0: Not really. <laughs> it does in a, in a strict in a, in a in a broad way.
1: It teaches but, us theology in a different way than Ephesians does. Yeah. It absolutely teaches us theology, but in a different way. It teaches us through story.
0: Yeah, I was going to say through yeah, narrative.
1: So narrative is completely different than epistle, mm-hmm. right? So you think about, I mean, Genesis chapter one is full of theology. Right. God created the heavens and the earth by the sound of his voice, right? And you think about um, the, the theme or the, the goal of, of Genesis 1 is to show us that God is the only God who is above all. He is a great king, right? So that's, that's theology. You think about Genesis chapter 3 in the fall, what happened to humanity? Well, this is it. Well,
0: there's definitely yeah. theology there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's theology, right? Um, you think about where we've been with um, Joseph's story over mm-hmm. the last couple months how God has sovereignly been at work in his life. That's theology, the sovereignty of God. And it's how just God, harder to pull it out of the narrative. But that's the thing, right? Yeah. When you're reading a narrative, you're so engrossed in the story that you, you got to think carefully about, okay, what, what, is, what is this book of the Bible actually teaching me about mm-hmm. God? What is it teaching me about theology? You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But when you think about an epistle, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just right in it's, your face. It's there in Genesis, obviously. We've talked a lot about theology. but But, but Paul is literally telling us in Ephesians, you need to believe this, believe this, mm-hmm. believe this, believe this, believe this. And now because you believe this, live this way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the epistles do, right? There there, are a lot of indicative statements. Yeah, exactly. You, you know what I'm saying? that. And and and, and the reason why we, we like the Apostle Paul and, and the epistles is because for us, I mean, that, that's kind of how we think. Exactly. Tell me what or to believe. Very
0: logical, exactly. Just, just very
1: logical, very to the point. Yeah. Tell me what to believe, tell me what to believe, tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what Paul does. And so when I say that we need to know what we believe about God, this is what Paul does in Ephesians. You think about the what makes Ephesians, you know, really uh, easy for us to understand uh, is six chapters. The first three chapters are very heavy theologically. Mm-hmm. Believe this, believe this, believe this, believe this. And the last three chapters are, okay, now in light of what you believe, in fact, there's a word that that kind of gives a shift between the theological and the practical, therefore. Mm-hmm. He uses this word, therefore. Therefore, since you believe all this stuff, right, live this way in light of it. Mm-hmm. So that's an easy way to remember how uh, Ephesians breaks down. First three chapters, really heavy theologically, and the last three chapters, Practical. Mm. Here's what you do in light of what you believe. So it's the indicative, uh, and followed by the indicative, or after the indicative is the imperative. Here's what you believe. This is what you you do. do, Right. And so just think about you know Ephesians. We're going to see it even this Sunday as we start. I mean, in the first 14 verses, Paul he talks about concepts like predestination, Mm -hmm. which is something that. We all kind of struggle to get our minds around, right?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Right? He says predestination, he uses the word chosen, mm-hmm. a justification, yeah. redemption, adoption, um, the sealing of the Holy Spirit. All that is in the first There's like,
0: entire books written about every yeah, one of Yeah, those words, and like in 11 verses. Entire libraries. In
1: 11 verses, he covers all of that. Yes, that's rich theologically, yeah. right? And in those first 11 verses, not only does he talk about predestination, adoption, redemption, justification, he also in those first 11 verses talks about the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So those first 11 verses, we, we could. We could spend, you know, several weeks or months just trying to figure out what Paul's getting to in those verses, mm-hmm. you see. And so just know that when we start Ephesians, you know, one of the reasons why we, we we study the epistles like we do is because they are rich doctrinally. They help us to know here's exactly what we need to believe.
0: Number two, we need to know what we
1: believe about our salvation. Yeah. So, so here's what we believe about God, mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter 1, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what we believe about what God is doing in our lives to bring us to redemption, right? Now, he's talked about in chapter 1, obviously, but Ephesians chapter 2 is, I think, one of the greatest chapters in the entire Bible because, oh, because the first 10 verses, it, it is it is the gospel so clear. I was going to
0: say there would be no cults if they would just believe the 10 verses <laughs> right? of Ephesians 2.
1: But, I mean, just Ephesians 2 is wonderful because it, it is just a short, to the point, Explanation of the gospel: mm-hmm. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God made you alive in Christ Jesus and seated you in heavenly places, and will extend grace to you forever. I mean, it, it is good and to the point. In fact, Ray, over the years, I have I've taken Ephesians chapter two when I'm sharing the gospel with someone. You know, and I'll, I'll put my phone and I'll just, hey, look at these verses. Let's walk through these together wow, real quick. that's good. Because it's it's all right there, you know. I mean, John 3.16, obviously, is a great verse. You can take them down the Romans road, all those kinds of things. Three circles. Three circles, seven circles, whatever, right? <laughs> but Ephesians 2, I mean, it, it is the gospel in a nutshell. Yes, it, it is. is. so clear and to the point. And so, you know, if he, and, and not only that, you know, you think about the individual salvation that, that Christ has called you and me to salvation to him. But, but you think about the, the rest of Ephesians chapter mm-hmm. 2 is about what God has done to unite people. Mm. Right? So it's about connecting faith to family, the church family. And what's so interesting about Ephesians is that you know, there was a struggle. You know, Jew and Gentile. How, how oh, do,
0: big struggle, yeah. How do
1: we get along? We hate Gentiles, right? And Gentiles are pagans. And we were taught and, to hate Gentiles. Right? And, and then Paul says, "No, no, no." He says in chapter two, the wall of hostility, wow, has been broken down. Mm. And that's the beauty of Ephesians is there. There's this. There's this clear teaching that you know, you, you don't look at somebody you know, because of what they did. You look at somebody based on what Christ has done in their lives. That's right. Because Christ has saved them just like he saved you. You're a family now and you got to live as a family. And so, so this theme of unity is huge. So so think about Ephesians. It's what what it teaches us about God. What it teaches us about salvation.
0: Number three, we need to know what a transformed life looks like.
1: Yeah. Again, this is what's so cool about Ephesians as you have chapters four through six that teaches about transformed life. Yeah. and, 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 Ephesians, man, I love to use Ephesians to talk to people about discipleship because, again, it's just straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where, where Paul talks about taking off the old and putting on the new.
0: And, and that's what we do in our deception yeah, material. Yeah. We actually go through the book of Ephesians. We do.
1: We do because it's just so practical as far as, okay, put off the old, put on the new. Mm-hmm. Put off the old, here's what a transformed life looks like. And, and Paul says things like, you know, if, if, you, if you, before you came to Christ, you had a problem stealing. Now, here's what you need to do. Get a job. I mean, it's, but it, Get a it gets no so more practical than that, yeah. right? If you have a problem with lying, speak the truth in love. I mean, it, it's just that to the point, right? Mm-hmm. But Paul's being, okay, in light of who you are in Christ, there's a different way to live. You, you, you take responsibility for your faith. You take responsibility for your actions. You live in this way. Instead of, you know, speaking hurtful words, Towards others, let no unwholesome word come from your mouth. The only good words that are good for edification, the building mm-hmm. of the body. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so in that way, Ephesians is is very practical and helps us to think about what it looks like to live a transformed life.
0: All right. Well, number four, we need to know how to live within the family of God. Yeah. So we've already talked about that. Yeah. That, and
1: that's part of what, that's what we're doing. That's a big part of why we're doing this, what we're this, doing. Um, sermon series is what does it look like to live within a. Faith, family, and a nuclear family. So you think about Ephesians. You think about Ephesians, for example, uh, 4, 1 through 16. This is a great passage because in that passage, Paul talks about what? He talks about, okay, the church has given, God has given the church spiritual leaders, pastors, evangelists, you know, apostles and all those kind of things. Why? For the equipping of the saints Mm -hmm. and the work of the ministry. And he talks about how, you know, when, when, you know, the church is equipped to do the works of the ministry, then then the church grows in maturity, mm-hmm. right? And so Ephesians 4 starts with this passage about unity, which moves into, okay, God's giving you spiritual leaders, which moves into, okay, listen to those spiritual leaders, let them equip you so that you can be mature. And so it's all about, right, living in unity, uh, taking responsibility within the church, and and living as the people of God. And so in in that sense, you know, Ephesians is really helpful for us, and there's other passages we'll look at too, but mm-hmm. really helpful for us to think about, okay, what does it mean to live in the faith family? And and you know, over this last couple of years when, let's think about it, right? During the pandemic, the faith family has kind of been redefined in some ways. Wow, has it? Yes. You know, that, that I don't have to be physically present within my faith family to actually be a part of the faith family. I can still be loosely connected to the church if I, you know, watch it on a screen or about mm-hmm. whatever, right? And I'm very thankful that we have that technology that we've been able to use in this strange time. But again, we need to gather around the word and be reminded of, okay, what does it actually look like to be a part of a faith family? Mm -hmm. Is it electronic enough? Yeah. Or, you know, or what, what, what is, what's significant about physical, but not only just the physical presence, but what we do together.
0: Right. Exactly. You know?
1: And so Ephesians is really helpful for that.
0: All right. Well, that leads us to the next part, which is we need to know how to live within our nuclear family.
1: Yeah. So then we get into Ephesians five, which is, you know, that chapter that, um, we're all familiar with and, and for some of us, maybe even uncomfortable with, Mm -hmm. because Paul gets very explicit about the relationship between, um, maybe explicit is not, he, he gets very detailed, um, about the relationship between a husband and a wife and the relationship between parents and children. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he uses those words like wives submit to your husbands Mm -hmm. And, and, and I know in our culture, we kind of push back against that. And so understand what that actually means. Right, what, right. what did Paul mean when he said that, right? And then husbands, love your wives like Christ loves the church. That's a powerful statement. What, is, what does that mean? And, mm. and, and and if we do those things, if, if a wife submits to her husband and a husband loves his wife like Christ loves the church, how does that strengthen the family? How does that help the family to honor the Lord, right? And then, and then you think about children, obey your parents, Ephesians chapter six, well, what happens when that happens in the family, right? right and so, right. so you, you have these strong words that, that grow out of what Paul's been saying to the church. Mm-hmm. So Paul speaks to the church in Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 5. And then out of that, he kind of says, now let me focus in on your nuclear family. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the big family, right? The church family. And now let's talk about the nuclear family. And that's just really helpful. You know? oh, and, yeah. so I th- and I think for some of us, it's going to be eye-opening as we get to Ephesians chapter 5, because we've never really thought, we've heard wives submit to your husbands, right? Mm-hmm. And we've pushed back against it, but to actually think about it in the context of what Paul's already been saying to the church mm-hmm. and how it flows out of what he's already saying to church is actually quite beautiful and mm-hmm. very helpful for Amen. all of us. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to show us how to live within our families, and we need to, we need to know that.
0: And then this last one is interesting because it's almost like it takes a little bit of a turn here, yeah. And then we get into we need to know what uh, that we are engaged in a spiritual battle, right? So you think about,
1: and we'll talk some about this, this Sunday, Trey. Uh, Ephesus is a hotbed for pagan worship. Mm. There's a big temple in Ephesus to a goddess named Artemis. Uh, eventually, there's going to be emperor worship. There's going to be some temples built to different emperors who have died, and so it's it's a it's a pagan place, mm-hmm. right? And Paul is very aware that, you know, the battles that we face in this life are not simply flesh and blood battles. They are spiritual battles. That in the heavenly realms, right, there is a spiritual battle taking place. And we need to be aware of that. And we need to know how to um, fight in that battle. Mm -hmm. We need to know how to put on the armor of God so that we can, you know, uh, withstand the attacks of the enemy. And so Paul calls our attention uh, to the heavenly places. Don't just look at this earth and what's going on. Think right. bigger. Think right. about what's taking place in, in, the, in the heavenly realms. It's this, this battle against uh, the, the demonic forces and the God of all creation and what's taking place because that stuff has a, a dramatic effect on what's mm-hmm. taking place on this earth. And you need to be prepared for that battle. Put on the armor of God. So, yeah, lots of really great stuff in Ephesians for us to think through over the next 12, 13 weeks.
0: And as we get into this book, I want everybody to be prepared because the more you prepare before you come to the message, the more you're going to understand. Yeah. And one of the things that y'all have taught us in discipleship is to read some of the, like if you have the Holman Christian Standard or the Christian Standard Study Bible, ESV Study Bible, read the yeah. introduction to the book. Yeah. It doesn't take that long no. and it'll really open your yeah, eyes yeah, to some things that are going some on.
1: Background. I mean, I'm going to do some of that on the same morning, but right. it'd be really helpful if you had that background in mind as mm-hmm. you get ready to study this book with us as you prepare, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to even read through Ephesians. Yeah. It's not very long.
0: I just did it. So we're ready. 20 or 30 minutes, right?
1: Yeah. If that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can read through it a couple of times and just kind of figure out, you know, the flow of the book. I mean, it's just really, really helpful. So prepare yourself as we get ready to dive into this book. It's going to be super helpful. But I think it's going to be very helpful and very practical for us as we spend the next few months just diving through what this book says to us.
0: All right, Pastor. Well, this has been good, and uh, I'm excited now about going into it. Not that I wasn't before, but I'm really excited (laughs) about getting into Ephesians. And I hope that our people are also uh, on uh, on top of it and ready. It'll be good. It'll be good. Get us So
1: we do hope that today's been helpful for you. We hope that today's been an encouragement and a blessing for you. And we do hope that um, if you have liked what you've heard today, that you'll take a few moments just to hit the subscribe button on your podcast provider that way you can have new content delivery advice every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us get word out about the podcast. Podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.